0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Curry, way downtown, bang, bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. 360, out oh, hit with the sauce. Got it, oh. and one. Fires a long oh. one. Oh, my, Nothing yeah, my, my. but net. Oh, my goodness. Didn't see that coming. I'm diddling deep.
1: Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Nats brought to you by OTF. I'm your host Natalie, but most people call me Nat, and today I'm so excited that all these special guests keep joining my show. I feel very special and honored to have Grant Lifman off uh, Lifman on with me today. You all know him, NBC Sports Bay Area. He brings you so much Warriors coverage. Um and I'm happy Grant decided to join me on the show today from Dallas at the airport. Look at this. Wow. I feel truly special. Thanks, Grant. Welcome to the
0: show. I appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, in Dallas right here, just, uh, you know, it's the day after, what was it, game four, uh, where the Warriors lost in Dallas. They could have clinched. That's why I was out here. But, uh, you know, it's all good. You get to clinch at home. That's what the that's the plan is, at least. And that. thanks for having me. I've, I've heard about everyone coming on this, and I was waiting for my invitation, and I finally got it, and here I am
1: yeah sure talk talk me up nice I appreciate it but I'll accept it um so yeah I mean let's get right into it last night's game you were there in person um the Warriors had a chance to sweep and they yet throughout this whole postseason every time they have a chance to close out a series the first one doesn't really go the way um I think they would like or the fans um what was it like, though, yesterday at the game? Because it was kind of a weird day. Um, a lot happened in the news. Uh, Steve Kerr had a presser prior to the game, and he was not interested in talking about basketball. Um, I think anyone who's a Warriors fan and, and is familiar with Steve Kerr knows um, the history with his father. So um, guns and and this this area that's like plaguing the US is something that's really dear to his heart and he's passionate about. So he spoke about it. He wants change, gun reform. um, And he dedicated the time to speaking about that and rather than talking about what was going to be coming up for the game. Um, The shooting yesterday occurred in Texas, not actually near Dallas, but in the same state. So I don't know like what it was like in the arena. Was it any different? I know Steph mentioned that like it was on their minds, you know, before they played. So what was it like being there and just being around the team?
0: Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was surreal. I think everyone was a little shocked by the news in general, right? It didn't matter if it was in Texas or not. It was just, it was, it was uh, anytime this happens and it's sad that the, have to that this is a multiple time thing but when this happens it's just a shock to the system and everyone was hurt and and you have to remember like for the warriors especially a lot of them are veterans that have families with kids and you know they're while they have a lot of youngsters on their team they do have a lot of people that you do have children and obviously anyone who has children probably um could probably hit them even harder obviously to uh to relate to but um, you know, it, it was it was surreal in that people just didn't know necessarily how to feel, right? The you have the energy of a playoff game, but at the same time, you have such a horrible, horrible event that happened, and it makes you kind of rethink of why you're putting your energy into, you know, a game at the end of the day. But it, when before the game started, uh, and this I think the shooting was about 400 ish miles away from Dallas. Um, before the shoot, uh, before the game started, they addressed the shooting. Uh, the PA announcer came on, uh, did a moment of silence, but also just when he spoke about it, his voice was cracky. You would see how emotional he was. So it definitely hit close to home, um, uh, figuratively and literally. And it was uh, it was hard, and, and but you know, while it was hard on the Warriors, obviously they care so much about this issue, and they, they were deeply affected by it. You know, it affected you know the Dallas Mavericks team just as much. So um, anyone who's kind of saying how the Warriors might have been emotionally distracted, yeah, sure, um, but it's a good chance the Mavericks were too. And right. um, once the game started, though, Nat, it was you know people kind of were able to distract themselves just for a little bit and uh, kind of focus in on the game.
1: Okay. Um, did you, I mean, were you expecting them based on the way they've kind of been going throughout the postseason? Were you, did you think they were going to be able to pull off closing this out in four? Because, I mean, they did their job by just winning one on the road, right? That's, that's the biggest goal, but I'm sure they would have liked to close it out, especially with like injuries to otto it seemed like something happened with steph's thigh in the game i think i don't know andrew may have tweaked his ankle or something not last night but some point in this series so i'm sure they would have just liked to end it but i also don't know if they really wanted eight days off um <laughs> i'm not sure you know so i mean what were you thinking going into the game
0: i know a lot of people were confident that it was going to be sweet but i, I personally wasn't um i've watched this team for a long time and i kind of know how they function and uh (laughs) as much as they can talk themselves up into you know being energetic and being in it at the end of the day you have to look more on the math side this to them was everything this is their pride on the line you don't you don't want to be swept right and people are already making fun of you and and you know ragging on you and these guys, they, they've they had open looks in this series, and finally they started hitting. and Role players just do play better at home. So it was only a matter of time before one of these games happened, and it happened to happen this time. It kind of reminds me of the finals in which the Warriors won in five against the Cavs when they're everyone was thinking sweep, 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 and then game four happens, and I think the Cavs hit, like, a playoff record amount of threes, right. and they won, and then everyone goes, okay, well, now the Warriors are going to win at home kind of has that feeling obviously the Warriors need to come out firing um, on you know on Thursday but at the end of the day I I I wasn't surprised at all about the loss actually to be fair I was actually surprised at the energy and the effort they put in at the beginning of the game I thought they were like hey it was good to see them show up like that but yeah they couldn't they couldn't hold that pace
1: yeah because I thought they actually started off pretty good um I mean they could have probably closed the first quarter a little better but (laughs) um they were only down four but I thought that their energy was pretty good um I saw some people saying like they were just like low energy all night and I didn't actually agree with that I thought that they started off well um I kind of felt like even though it wasn't substantial that the deficit that they got into in the second quarter um with the bench when the the starters came back in I felt like they just didn't have it to like overcome that, right? Like it wasn't that large initially, but I think it might've been like around 15 points in that range, Um, but they didn't seem to have it. And then it just kind of, you know, got larger from there. But I thought they started off good too as well. Um, And it's interesting because in game two, the Mavs sort of shot like that too, but in, um, in Chase, and, you know, people are like, they're not going to make 20 plus threes again. Because I was like, well, the role players are going to play better at home. But people are like, twenty threes, Like, you know how hard that is to do? And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. But they'll still play better at home. Um, but then they, did they match that? They had more than 20 last night, right?
0: How was it 20, 20? 21? Yeah, so. Yeah. The
1: difference is, though, it's like it's going to be a lot easier for the Warriors, I think, to pull off a comeback in Chase than it is like in Dallas without having their home crowd.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The Warriors are really playing well this season uh, at Chase and, you know, the playoffs are undefeated at Chase. With the Dallas Mavericks hitting so many threes, 20 plus, they have to be a little discouraged by the fact that despite all of that, they've done it in two games and they lost the first one and the second one the bench of the Warriors comes all the way back and storms back and potentially, you know, had a chance to pull off the craziest upset ever. But, uh, you know, that has to be kind of demoralizing for them. And at the same time for the Warriors, encouraging the fact that they know that Bullock can hit some threes, Brunson can hit some threes, Doran Finney-Smith can hit some threes, and they can do all that. I'm not saying they should allow the Mavs to shoot make over 20 of them right but the fact is if they make a lot of them they still can beat the average. so i think that that must be something that encourages the warriors a little bit
1: um well first let's so let's talk about that when they we thought the game was over because i mean we're on twitter nba twitter we're tweeting like all right next game whatever and the lead just keeps you know decreasing and decreasing because, you know, it started first where, like, the Mavs bench, and I think maybe just, like, one of the starters were in. I can't remember who. But it's it seemed like kid took everyone out. And then it was like, okay, he got the rest of his starters back in, but Luca because it was making him nervous. And the lead just kept going down and going down. So now he finally goes to get Luca back in. And I'm like, this is crazy. But Kerr is still like, all right, I'm chilling. I'm just going to let this play out. And then they get the lead down to eight and it's like, okay, so what do you do at this point? Do you agree with Kerr's decision to like bring Steph and Wiggs and I think it was Clay back in? Or do you think he should have just let the, the guys who got the lead down finish out the game?
0: I'm a hundred percent in the camp of bringing those guys back in a hundred percent, and I know there's question marks, and I do understand. Like in retrospect, you look back and you go, "Well, maybe those guys would have kept on doing it." But the last thing I would want to do as a head coach is look back and be like, "What if I brought in my best players?" And that's what these guys are, the best players, right? Right. And even if they didn't really have it that game, you don't want to sit there and be like, well, we got them down to eight. What if I brought in Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and the guys who are some of the best players in the history of playoff basketball as well? So I'm always here for it. And I, and I liked it. Obviously, because no one got hurt, then we can also look back and say it was a good move as well. Because if someone were to have gotten hurt, right. then you would have a huge question mark. But I have to tell you, when I was in the arena, and first of all, I want to give some credit to Mass fans, they, they brought it, they were they were all, you know, they were excited during the game. Um, There's these two fans in front of me, and I have my computer open sitting at my workstation it has a Warriors logo on it. And these guys kept on turning around and, and like, in a good way, kind of like, you know, giving me a hard time. Uh, you know, just saying how I'll see you back in San Francisco. And this is, mind you, at the end of the third quarter, see you back in San Francisco, kind of like talking a little trash and all this stuff. And as the, the, the lead starts dwindling and dwindling, you can see these guys start kind of like peeking back, looking back at me. And I'm just like, I'm just shaking my head, just like enjoying it. Then all of a sudden it gets down to eight and these dudes turn around, both of them, they go, man, I'm sorry. I... Uh, uh, <laughs> they were like yeah like oh my bad my bad yeah and they were like and i didn't say i never said a word the whole time but these dudes were just there they like couldn't believe what they were watching the whole crowd was silent you couldn't hear a pin drop in there it was uh, actually i think a few math stands almost like kind of cheering it on because they were just so in disbelief of what was happening right um so yeah it was it was a really unique unique experience in that arena
1: yeah i supported the decision too um because I just don't think because I think like two of the next possessions, right? Well, I mean, they brought Steph and Wigs in and then like I don't know, there was just a complete like defensive collapse and they let Luca get like a he got to the rim. Um, I have to go back and look at that play because I actually don't know whose whose fault it is. It actually might have been Steph's, but um Luca got like a layup right to the rim. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but then on the next possession, I think it was Kamingo who got the charge call. I think, I think that was the order. um, And then I think after that, then the next possession was like Jordan and he was doing all the dribbling and I don't know, but it resulted in a turnover. And I was like, that's why you bring Steph and, and Andrew Wiggins back into the game, because it's one thing to get a lead down and they're hustling. And now it's another thing to like, execute in closing time and you have Luca on the other side of the court, like he's going to take full advantage of their inexperience. Um, And so I understand, I-, I like the idea of you kind of bring like your two best players right now in the series and that it has been Steph and Andrew. And then you, ob- you understand clay for the scoring as well. <laughs> and then you, you mix it with some of the young guys and you see what happens. So I thought it was a good decision um, and I know that I'm known to be a Steve Kerr critic, but like I was total in total agreement with him. So I, you know, whatever, it wasn't meant to be, but I I liked it, but I also thought it was huge for them to do that, right? Like the young guys like to come in. I mean, Kaminga just has so much promise. Moody um, hit some big threes. It was just very impressive, you know, combined with Jordan. Um, Do you think that, like, just gives them more confidence? Um, Do you think it also means that we'd see them more if the Warriors do advance to the finals? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, It was massive, and I actually truly mean that. And I know someone might say that's silly because they already had a 3-0 lead, like, oh, boo-hoo, they lost. But no, it was, like, it was a pretty demoralizing loss there for a little bit, and not that they wouldn't have been able to come back the next time and have their emotional, you know, all their emotions in it but it was just one of those losses well it wasn't as bad as the memphis game where they got blown out by right. 400 points it was still one of those games where you're like why why are we just not executing right why are we just not doing this right and when those and those guys come in for the fourth quarter everyone was kind of down heads down no one's talking to each other on the bench it was you could just feel it it was just a really awkward uh, interaction there and everyone just felt a little weird and uncomfortable and these guys just stormed back. And I'm telling you, the bench was into it. Andre and these guys are clapping, you know, pumping their fists. Ah, yeah. Everyone was like, everyone was just really feeling it. And so even though they didn't pull it off in the end, that Warriors team had a completely different vibe after that game that they could have been. And they were optimistic and they were jovial. And they, even in the hallway afterwards, they were laughing and having a good t- It wasn't like, one of those losses where you just say everyone just shut up and just kind of like go about your business. Um, the, everything was 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 chill because they made that comeback and made them feel good again. And so, like, again, there's no, 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 no such thing, especially in the playoffs as a moral victory. But I will say that fourth quarter it by itself was a moral, um, let's say, boost yeah. for make, making the Warriors feel good uh, going back home.
1: Yeah, for sure. I remember seeing the the guys, like, the. I think I tweeted, I was just like, oh, look at the starters, like cheering them on. And then Steph said some really <laughs> complimentary things about them after the game as well. So that has to feel good, like hearing that come from one of your leaders. So um, yeah, all around, I I, I loved it. Kaminga looked a little disappointed when he went to the bench. And I remember tweeting, like, you did a good job, Kaminga. Not like he can hear me, but you know, um, I thought it was good stuff. I did. Um, Clay also looked a little annoyed at one point when he got taken out the game. Um, do you think that's just like normal? Like he wants to play, he wants to be in there or because it's a little bit of a rough series for him or he hasn't been starting strong. Maybe that's a better um Cause I, Yeah, he, he hasn't been starting strong, but then he's kind of come alive in the second half and hit some shots. So do you think he's like frustrated by that? Or I, I don't know, but he seemed to be annoyed when he was taking out the game at one point.
0: I mean, yeah, he's he's such a competitor, right? He is just absolute hooper, and it kills him that he's either not contributing or the team's losing or whatever. And so, uh, it's just pure frustration at this point because the guy just wants to win so badly. He wants to contribute too. He really takes it on himself to say, "I contributed to this win," and for him, you know, it's just frankly. Of course, Clay is not the exact same player he was before the injury. That's going to right. take a little time. But more importantly, I just want to give credit to the Mavs. What they're trying to do is take away any chance that Clay Thompson gets an open three point look. That is their entire goal with Clay Thompson is do not let him take a three. That is a good look. There's a fly at I could
1: see attack. it in the screen. Yes, the,
0: those Dallas flies. You know, I'm telling you. It's a, Texas um but yeah it was it was just you know Mavericks have done such a good job about just making sure he's not in rhythm from three and you know what that's fine that's their game plan and they're doing it and they're doing a good job that's kind of what the mavericks are good at you think about their switchability and the fact that they have a bunch of wings that can kind of you know spread out and, and, and rotate and do all those things that is their perimeter defense is probably their bread and butter right they're right. definitely not definitely not rim defense so um yeah clay's just been a victim of that and unfortunately uh, with that even when he gets an open look it's taking a little bit of time to get right. going but um yeah that it, it, the Warriors are taking advantage of every other aspect uh, on offense because the Mavericks are playing so up in front of Clay.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's a little similar to what we tried to do with the Grizzlies by taking Bane out of it, right? Yep. Um, exactly. So it's a very similar strategy. Um, I'm predicting an early game 6 clay. So game 5 clay for the next game. That's my prediction.
0: I like that. Um, I like
1: that. Did you find it interesting at all that when when Kerr did go to bring, you know, the starters back in that he didn't bring Draymond back as one of them?
0: You know, I, I was thinking about that and to me, when you think about Draymond and the injuries he's dealt with with his lower back and everything, I'm assuming part of that went into the equation where you don't want to sit for a while and ice a back and do whatever you're doing and then just could be like, oh, all of a sudden go back in there and start going. It wasn't worth it. And I think Draymond's the one most that I would have been most worried about his injury uh, recently with that situation. So I, to me, it wasn't a big surprise. And not only that, let's be honest like what they needed at that point was some electric offense and three-pointers and and he wasn't the guy that was going to bring that and so maybe if the game i mean maybe if it got down to four or two and they needed defensive stops maybe they would have thought about it more but it didn't make sense at that point so i was actually while i was i thought it was the right move to bring the other guys in i actually think it was also the right move not to bring Draymond back in
1: yeah i agree too and i mean i don't have a sense at all, like if he cared or not. He just looks really serious after the game. Like the camera like flashed on him and he just had like a super serious expression on. Um, And like, I know when they lost in Memphis, he's like whoop that trick and dancing. So granted it was a different kind of day, but I just didn't know like it could be nothing or if he didn't like that. So I didn't have a sense. And i actually didn't get to hear any of the post game yesterday. I went to bed really early. Um, because sometimes people forget I'm an East Coast Warriors fan and staying up late all the time. Sometimes there's usually like after a number of games, there's just a day that like I crash because I've been up late too many times, and that happened to be last night. So I really missed a lot after the game.
0: Yeah, no. It, it, it first of all, I do think about the East Coast fans and <laughs> what they have to deal with because really, you guys are real troopers. The Dub Nation of the on the East Coast to have to listen to like what is that till 12 30 night almost every time most games right usually after a Warriors fans?
1: game I'm probably not in bed till around when you take into account then I have to tweet and kind of terrorize the timeline and you know whatever I do um it's probably like anywhere from like two to three in the morning over here by the time I'm like in bed
0: what you meant to say was when you stay up all night to watch my show uh that's what, sorry that, that's what you, it must have cut out when you said that part uh yeah yeah exactly for sure No, but that you.
1: actually truly is part of it because normally mm. after the game what i'm doing is i'm taking in like everything that like is being put out right so i watch the show i listen to the post game i see what people are tweeting so yeah it's just, it's right just, yeah. no seriously it's just all the after stuff you know yeah. um no, no. and I'm so kidding. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing. No, no. It's okay, sure.
1: but obviously, no. no. I have to have you on oh, because I love spirit. your show. Stop <laughs> it.
0: Thanks, Nat. I appreciate <laughs> that.
1: Um. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't really think too much about this loss. Like I was like, okay, they'll go home and win it, and that's probably better because not better in terms of like I just don't like having to play extra games, but better in terms of like if they win and clinch a finals berth in front of like at Chase at home it'll be more meaningful um especially the number of years that have gone by because of injuries and they haven't even been in the postseason and you know it just I think it would be really meaningful there and hey Up like gets some extra revenue and the fans at home get another game which i think some of them wanted so there's positives to it
0: there there are and and it would easily be the biggest moment in the history of chase center right and so uh, i think it's cool to have that happen if they can by the way there's still an if right i know we are we're all we're all writing it off as if it's gonna happen but you never know things get crazy but uh yeah if it does happen it would be the biggest moment in chase center and yes there is some extra revenue so there are positives that do come from it um it was weird because you have to also think about this when before the game i was overhearing the tnt crew and and espn and everyone's discussing like if the warriors win are we bringing this whole ceremony and stage onto the court here at dallas and everyone's like i guess so I, i don't know it feels a little weird you know, that that awkwardness won't exist at Chase. So yeah, right. there are plenty of positives that could come if they are able to win it. So we can all glass half-full it as long as they win at game five.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the other big topic, at least on NBA Twitter, is this uh, new potential hardware, uh, the Western Conference Finals MVP, right? Um, there's been a lot of talk about Steph, Andrew Wiggins, maybe even Kevon Looney. Um, So you have, there's a part of the fan base that's like, I know they're going to screw over Steph. They're just not going to give it to him. They're going to find a way for someone else to win it. Um, And then like, there's just the idea of like, is there merit in someone else besides Steph winning it? So what are your thoughts on just, first of all, the new award, just the thoughts about it? Secondly, do you think right now there's a clear cut person on the Warriors who should, you know, be getting it? And if not, like, if there's not, who do you think are really the potential people that could be under consideration if they close it, you know, in five?
0: Yeah. And would you you
1: ever consider the opposing team? That's another (laughs) one too.
0: (laughs) So to begin with, I, I don't mind the award. It's, you know, whatever. It's just something else for everyone to kind of discuss and have fun with. And, you know, sure. If it, then, yeah, this might be a chance to honor somebody and, and just kind of create a new ability to reward someone for their efforts during a series, maybe it's not the star or maybe you know it's somebody else, but um, I'll, I'll just make this very clear, I don't know what would have to happen the rest of the series for me not to say Steph Curry for MVP um as long as the Warriors win of course no I do not believe that the other team should have a most valuable player even if you lose especially in a dominant fashion maybe if it went to seven and Luca just tears it up all the way and forces it to seven then sure maybe you can consider that but as it is structured right now let's say they win in five the Warriors um yeah no I I wouldn't give it to another team but to me it's it's hands down right now Steph Curry and it's not particularly close I in mind um i i love what andrew wiggins has done uh really really has stepped up played really nice series in so many different fashions um kavon looney what what a cool cool story and, and he's playing better than ever and the way he's doing it, it yeah. it's so impressive just the these guys are helping the warriors win but there is no question who's the most valuable player uh, for this series. And I'm not even talking in general. Obviously, we know who the MVP is for the Warriors forever. But um, in this series, you just watch this series in the way Dallas is playing Steph and the way, you know, Wiggins is getting some looks and stuff and the way Kavan is able to do what he's doing is partly because of Steph Curry. Right. And he's doing his part on the defensive end, too. I just I mean, look at his it's yeah it's not close to me
1: his defense has just really been something to marvel at you know I mean seriously I'm so impressed with him I mean because he's out there telling guys where to be too there's just so many little aspects of it that I don't think people are noticing and I think it's pretty um impressive
0: I agree I agree I think you know the thing that was against Steph forever and by the way remember Steph Curry led the league in steals at one point yeah and you know when you think about it you he wasn't even that great of a defender at that point he was pretty good but he was more of a risk taker right he would reach a lot draw a lot yes so many fouls that everyone was like please stop reaching reaching yeah um but nowadays his strength and his awareness on defense he just makes it uncomfortable for opposing players it, you know it's no one's just burning him off the dribble and and no one and he's not just putting his hands in trying to get the ball instead he's just stopping the momentum of a team putting a making a player uncomfortable moving him off the block that's the type of stuff that makes a real defender maybe it's not as sexy on paper but it's when you watch a game and you see the results it's it's really his best defense by far of his career
1: it is it definitely is um do you have any concerns about jordan because like there seems to be sort of a pattern with him in all the series so far he starts off hot and I would say definitely in the first two series they made some adjustments and I like you know um, Denver they put Aaron Gordon on him and that seemed to bother him a little bit and the series didn't go long enough to see like would he have figured that out Um, and then similar a little bit in, in, in the Grizzlies series i mean they just had a lot more length anyway so like you know when you bring stephen adams back plus jjj you could just see both him and staff were deterred from like getting to the rim right um in this series he's been like sort of on and off but there's just a lot of dribbling into traffic there's a lot of dribbling all around um falling on the floor he'll lose his handle and i mean i know, The game probably has to slow down for him some still. But, you know, if the Warriors are to advance and you consider the two potential teams they could play who were like defensive juggernauts, do you have any concern about him potentially in the finals and like what you're seeing from him right now on the court?
0: Yeah, so against the Mavericks, I've actually been really okay with the way he's played, especially I love the first two games, especially because he only took four three-pointers in both of them and yet made a major impact on the way he was just cutting to the rim and doing those things. Sure, there are times he dribbles too much and maybe he loses his handle or slips around and makes some reckless plays. That's just kind of comes with it, and there's going to be games, like just games where he just doesn't have it defensively too, and that's uh, kind of where he's at in his career, right? Um, We have these expectations for him now of being this guy that's just the perfect player, but he's just not that yet. He's a guy who has the ability to be an absolute star in this league, and you're seeing his rise to that when it comes to next series though like if the warriors and i, I you know it just I know I keep saying th- if we both I know. been saying it I know. you know you, you know you've been great about it and it just <laughs> it bothers me the one thing that bothered me about them losing game 4 is that i have to keep on saying if and it just uh, i just want to say okay so if they go to the finals um i think boston would be an incredibly hard matchup for jordan Poole's game uh sebastian offense i think their length and versatility and ability to guard the rim. It's a very, very tough matchup, especially with someone as physical as Marcus Smart or the length of a Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Derek White's a good defender. So I I could see Jordan really having to really lock in and and, and tone down the way he dribbles and the way he moves out there and maybe change his game a little bit. Um, Against Miami, it's kind of hard to know I do think personally the Warriors match up a lot better against Miami, especially offensively. I think when you look at the best lineups that Miami has when they put out there, Jordan has the ability to go by a lot of those guys and get into that second level. And then from there he can kind of figure out what he needs to do. Against Boston, they're just they're so good on all the different levels that it it would be it'd be more of a struggle for him, I think, in my opinion.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, you just took me right into the next, uh, um, segment, which was just going to be, you know, what, like who, I mean, who would you prefer the Warriors play? And that could be based on like just a favorable matchup or just your own entertainment, like which one would you enjoy watching? Um, and do you think they have a preference in terms of which, which team that they would want to play?
0: They would never admit it, but I I do believe they would rather play Miami at the end of the day. Um I just the physicality and the length of the Boston defense, it's it's tough. Now, having said that, in terms of the matchup, Boston's defense would probably do well against the Warriors, but I actually think the Warriors defense would do very well against Boston. Um, the way they do a lot of one-on-one and the way they are able to just kind of it's like Jason Tatum against his defender, it's Jalen Brown against his defender. I actually think the Warriors could do okay against that, especially because they would be able to, you know, kind of rotate through guys. Now, would Boston try to bring out, you know, switch, have Jordan Poole on Jason Tatum and stuff? Yes, and, and they would try to do that, but any team's going to do that. Uh, right. But I, So I think those actually could be pretty low-scoring um, affair between those two uh, if they play each other. First, Miami, again, I think matchup-wise, it would be just – a lot of fun. I I would love to see that one because I I think it would probably have more potential to be kind of high scoring and just kind of like back and forth a little bit as long as everyone's healthy. Uh, Jimmy Butler out there and Bam Adebayo both bring some toughness and that would be uh, you know just fun to play off of Draymond and, and all that. But I, I would guess the Warriors would feel more comfortable playing Miami, but. I would say they're confident playing either, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be my, that'd be my guess. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I want the Celtics, even Mm. though I do believe that would be the harder matchup as well. Um, When I had Bonte on the show, we talked about this. He's like, I don't want to see the Celtics. And this is like when the bucks were still around, you know, and I was just like, yeah, I know. And when Andy was on the show too, like he was like the only team that really worries him still, maybe a little bit more is the Bucs. And I was just like, yeah, I got to tell you, I think it's the Celtics. <laughs> Their defense is so, because, you know, the way that I sort of looked at the Bucks is similar to like what happened in the Celtics series where like, especially with Middleton being out and Middleton probably would have been back if they were to advance all the way to the finals. But regardless in a series versus the warriors they would need drew to be great offensively like throughout the series and that's a hard thing to ask him to do like when i say great meaning like efficient 20 plus Mm and also guard <laughs> who he has to guard on a nightly basis. Right. I mean, out there running around, like if you're putting him on staff or any of our guards, really, I mean, clay um, pool, he's out there running around. That's just a lot, you know? Um, and it takes away from his offensive game. So I always thought like that was going to be the potential to like, what would hurt them in a series with us. Cause it's just a lot to keep up with. And I wasn't sure that like, Middleton and Drew could like give you what they needed to, like, you know, over the series. But, and they have a great defense too, but Boston's defense scares me a little bit more. um And so, you know, you don't, yeah, I mean, you don't really, Rob Williams is real, but like, you don't have to worry about like their bigs. It's a little bit different. So, um,
0: well, Al like, Horford's having a really, really nice yeah. postseason too. So, it's it, incredible it, postseason. Yeah. No, it's, it, I, I feel you.
1: That hurts I, no, actually, because I wanted Al Horford. Like I didn't I mean, know that we had any way to get him, but in the offseason, I was like, I would love the, it if Al Horford came to the Warriors.
0: I, <laughs> I can promise you the Warriors wanted Al Horford too. It just wasn't able to be uh be able to done with the money he makes. You but
1: imagine him. I mean, we're in the middle of a series. I don't want to do that, but just he's such a perfect fit, I think. Oh, he's spot.
0: he was like made for this team. And the kind uh, of guy
1: yeah. you know Kerr would be like, I trust him, I want oh, him out yeah. there.
0: Al Horford is like the quintessential player uh, yeah. for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I, I think the part of the reason I would say yes to the Celtics is I think that'd be a hell of a series too. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I know this is kind of a boring answer. I'm really down for either team in terms of traveling. I've never been to Boston. So there's that, but I also have had a lot really? of fun in Miami. I've had a lot of fun in Miami. So well, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, well, I'm going
1: to either one, like I'm going to make, on the east coast not 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 in the bay because (laughs) i was was there earlier in january so it's funny because i have to go down to florida for a baby shower that's the weekend after games three and four which if it was in miami it would be there Mm, so that's ideal um but i actually really love the celtics they're kind of like my low-key east team um so and i've been to td garden a number of times it's a really fun arena And I just like the matchups between the Warriors. Like over the past few years in the regular season, they're just some of the best matchups. When Kyrie was on the team, you had like that Steph Kyrie battle. Then like the Steph Tatum battle. The games are just close. They're good. I just, I don't know. I feel so bad because the Heat feels like no one respects them. And they (laughs) are a formidable team. But I'm just not that interested in them. You know, like I am more interested in the Warriors and the Celtics. And that's what I want it to be admittedly. Yeah, no,
0: I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I, it, I really, God, I, I really don't have a strong opinion when it comes to one or the other. I, I think either one would be a really, really tough matchup. And, and I'm not kidding with you when I say that I don't know yet what my prediction would be for either of them. Um, I think either of them, I would have it going six or seven games, but listen, I, there's a chance i might not even pick the warriors in seven you know i might, I could pick another team i I don't know i want to see how the rest of these series play out and who's healthy and all that um i have to really think about it more but it's it would be an incredible series no matter what no no team is going to dominate the other one uh depending who it is
1: for sure
0: if 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 the warriors go to the light on
1: both teams have the potential to get very stagnant offense, offensively, the Heat and sure. the Celtics, which bodes well for the Warriors, I think. But, um, so the Warriors, when they want to, can still play really great defense, but they don't do it consistently over the game <laughs> like either of those right. two teams, and so it's like. Right now, you probably have to say both of those teams are better defensive teams than the Warriors, but I think we know the Warriors have the ability to play like that, but the Warriors are for sure the better offense.
0: Yeah. You know, the firepower on the Warriors when they go is definitely better offense. I would say that if you're the Celtics, you go, well, our defense is kind of built to face an offense like the Warriors a little bit, so they they could feel good about that. One caveat we're, we're not, you know, addressing is that you know there's a chance there's a chance that Gary Payton, Otto Porter, and Andre Iguodala are available yeah. for the finals. Defensively, that changes a lot. And so, you, if you could get those guys out there, sure, you'd probably get hit on offense a little bit, especially if Gary's coming back. I have no idea if you'll be able to shoot the ball. Right. but um it, you if you get those guys in there man it would just be a war of attrition and you put those dudes out there and it would be a fight so um yeah i i'm i'm so intrigued by it the the health uh part the the what ifs on that and let's not forget the celtics and the heat i've been dealing with so many injuries yeah. too so All we got to do is cross our fingers that all these teams are healthy when the time comes because there's nothing worse than the what ifs or this and that I want to see all teams healthy I want to see the best of the best play each other because that's why we watch basketball that's why we watch all of this. So um, I'm just I'm 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 excited for it and that's the only disappointment I had about game four is that I can't mentally move on to just focus on the finals now. Right, uh, you know, and everything, of course, Nat is about me, and you know that's all. The, that's Not, all I the, thought it was about me. Oh, okay, okay, about us, and uh, yeah. So we are disappointed, um, but no, it, if they can just close it out, game five, then they get to sit there and watch the Heat and Celtics and just hone in and see what they want to do. And oh man, it's gonna be fun.
1: It is okay. Um, we're about to wrap. Um, do you think? I'm glad you brought up Otto, though. Do you think that we're gonna see him? at all in the series again
0: you know if there's any any reason for them to believe that he could re-injure it on game five I do not think we'll see him uh, I just I don't and I agree with the decision if they do um, it's the type of thing if they can't win game five they're going to need him for game six and seven to lock in and so for me if there's any any concern that this is something that could linger if he like re injures it, or if it's too weak, right now, I would would, out of caution. And that's not just saying like, Oh, I don't think the Mavericks has stand a chance even without him. No, I think he could help a lot against these Mavericks. For sure. But but I I think it matters, you have to kind of take a long, this is the, the one thing that helps by going up three, oh, or now three, one is you do have the ability to kind of think a little bit further in the future. Um, So if I had to guess right now, I say he doesn't play, but I, you know, the Warriors made it sound like there was a chance he played last game. So I guess there still is a chance he plays next game.
1: Okay. Yeah. My instinct too is telling me that he's probably not gonna play, but you know, we'll we'll see. Um, all right. Final question. I want to know maybe. predictions, but before we do, I just have a quick word from one of my partners or It's Loop. (laughs) Hoop junkies take your love for the game to the next level and download the Loop app to be a part of one of the fastest growing sports communities. Loop provides sports cards for lovers of the game and card collectors everywhere. Use my personal link, Loop, spelled L O U P E. See, it's a tricky one. L O U P E uh, dot cards forward slash natfluential l-o-u-p-e dot cards forward slash natfluential and get twenty dollars to make your first purchase in the loop app okay the description and the link is available of course in the description for the show wherever you get your podcast and also if you're watching on youtube also in the description all right grant are you ready Give I'm me your ready. final predictions for this series with the Warriors and also for the Eastern Conference finals.
0: Okay. I, I, I was going to be like, you just, I just told you I'm not doing the finals. Okay. It's, okay. Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Okay. I'm going to say Warriors win in five. Um, I think they will, I think they're going to show up big time. Um, I think the Mavs are actually going to make a fight out of I just, it. I really do. I do, but um, yeah, I think the Warriors will lock in and realize it's almost like a must-win in their eyes because you do not want to go back for a Game Six and give the Dallas Mavericks actual hope right. um, for winning. This they're they're still hanging on by a thread right now. You just gotta just rip that thread. Anyway, so that's for one side. On the other side. Man, is there ever been a more confusing series like in the history of basketball? Like it's it's, it's a blowout one way, blowout the other way. Blowout yeah. one way, blowout the other way. Um I still think it, I before this series I said it goes 7. Um I do think it goes 7, but now after watching everything and seeing where health is, I I think I'm going to go Celtics in 7, but I, it's just man, it's it's tough. It really is tough because that means Celtics would obviously have to take one more in Miami. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Celtics at seven. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I picked initially Celtics and in six only because I felt like they needed to win in six to win the series. I don't know if that's true anymore. I mean, they have these blowouts, which is not like the last series, Um, but with the Bucs, when they face the Bucs, but it's similar in that each team... Is one game, then the next team wins and the next team, right? So no team has showed yet the ability to win two in a row, but they've both shown the ability to win each other's home court. So because I've seen that, I could see definitely 7-2, but yeah, I'm still going with the Celtics. And it's obviously, like you said, health permitting because both teams are dealing with injuries Injuries like where guys go out in the game, then they come back in or they start and then they don't finish and they play one game then they don't play the third. So it's, it's a very, um, they're managing a lot of health stuff right now. So, you know, I don't know if that will change. I know Tyler hero was out the last game with a groin injury. Those aren't usually like a one day kind of thing. So that's a huge loss for the heat. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, I'm going with, with with Celtics. I'm still hedging six or seven, but I I think I'm gonna go with the Celtics as well.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Maybe, uh, either way, I'm I'm just excited to watch it. I just would love to see a game that gets down to the wire at some point.
1: Right? Um, that would be really good. Okay, and I think I lied a little bit because one last thing just popped into my head. But any it thoughts made. on like the all NBA teams when they came out? Um, did you think? Uh obviously I'm only concerned about like the like (laughs) right so we could just you don't have to tackle the whole thing but do you think he I kind of have a sense of why the voters had him second team um I don't agree with it but I'm wondering where you landed on when what you thought when you saw the teams.
0: yeah I I, it's obviously a bigger argument but like I do think there are flaws to it the fact that Joel Embiid who easily could have won MVP this year was on the second team. It, it just doesn't make sense. So that's why positions it's hard in today's game to have positions versus other ones, whatever. But for Steph Curry, I, I didn't mind it. I, I truly didn't mind him being on the second team. Um, he set standards for himself, right? He has standards that he has set um, that people expect out of him now. And that's just his own doing being that good, being one of the best players in the history of the game. And by his standards, offensively, he wasn't technically as good as he has been in the past. It's just facts. I'm not saying he wasn't good. He's still, I would still take him as potentially, you know, one of the top, whatever, best player. He's still Steph Curry, right? I still think he's the exact same guy, but it's a regular season award and he missed quite a few games and i know other guys did too um so i i don't mind it i would have been very disappointed if he fell to third team but putting him on a squad with john morant who had a really good regular season too and uh i i, I don't i don't think it's a slight uh, it really isn't and again i i i know all nba teams mean a lot for contracts and i know people care about it a lot but Sometimes it's just an award that whoever had the best narratives going through the season, et cetera. And the fact that Steph wasn't putting up ungodly, ungodly numbers like he normally does. I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm just uh, unique in that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was prepared for it. so I wasn't shocked. I, I it's funny. I think the day before I had tweeted like Steph is probably going to be second team this year. Um, but I, what I didn't like is what I don't like a lot about NBA Wars is that recency bias yes. really determines a lot. And so, um, because I even had Vince Goodwill on my show, and you know, he like he he told me like his rationale because he he's a voter, and so he told me back like right after votes got submitted, and he explained that you know even though he knows Luca had like a slow start then he kind of like picked up. And so it's like, he thinks like that's more representative of like, I don't know, their season or who they are as a player. And I was like, so does the fact that Steph had a hot start and was like in the MVP conversation get disregarded because he only played one less game than Luca and their, their numbers aren't really drastically different. Um, and I was like, so Steph had a slump, right in the season, which I felt was really like used against him, penalized for. But so comparing him to his own standards, he was below his level. But compared against the field, right? Like who yeah? He was going no, it's, against, it's still anyway, Steph Curry. right. He was still on par with all the other guards. Yeah. And right. so, um, it felt like you were penalizing him for not being Steph Curry versus, whether he actually had a better or comparable season to the others. Um, And I felt like, you know, because like Luca missed a lot of games, but they were at the beginning of the year. Um, And same thing for like, you know, Devin Booker, but they, they all played the end of the season and Luca had a lot of big games. Devin Booker had a lot of big games. And there was also the big push for Devin Booker because he wasn't going to be in the MVP combo, but his team was number one and they won 64 games. So I was just like, they're just going to give it to him, you know, not saying that he wasn't worthy, but I felt like those things is is, is why Steph didn't get picked. And I think that's a little unfair because when you look at each of their seasons, especially when you look at things like impact metrics, when I know not everyone digs into that, but Steph's impact is still quite superior to the other two. So I still thought he should have got it. I didn't think he would, but you know, obviously second team is still a great accomplishment. So
0: yeah, no, I I, I do. It is a lot of recency bias. There's narratives that go into this. There's just, if Steph started out the season in a slump and then played incredible and then got hurt maybe he would have made first you know the the order of things right when he got hurt when did the the warriors struggle when were they good right Right. and people saw the struggles of the warriors for so long and yeah it's just it's it's based on that so and the other thing is this and this is just it's a sad part of all these awards and this is mostly applies to mvps but it also applies to all nba as well people get bored of picking the same people over and over again they do the fact is that the, like Nikola Jokic has absolutely zero chance of winning MVP next year. And it's and not, that
1: too, he won't win it's, it, no matter and what.
0: It, it, he could have a better season and it won't matter because people just don't want to pick the same guys over and over again. Giannis Antetokounmpo has gone better every single season he's been in the league and he won two of them. And then, you know, Steph Curry last season was one of the best in the history of the game, the season's like unreal. But like he's won MVPs before and it was like you know, and I not this not to say that Yogi's didn't deserve it last year too. So I'm just saying it's like I think all NBA sometimes people go, well, finally we can put blank as a, a first team because Steph had that one slip up here. We got I have a reason that I can right. use, and this is and that's kind of what happened.
1: Yeah, well, Grant, thank you so much for coming on. This is such a fun conversation. Thank you. Thanks for, for having me your me. time in the airport, yeah. no lie
0: I, I i really appreciate it i think all my my all the people around me right now are probably want to kill me because i've you know been talking <laughs> trash about the dallas mavericks <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty kind to them you were pretty
1: uh, kind yeah. to them okay
0: but uh no i, I really appreciate that actually i truly love what you're doing and I, I love the success you're seeing and everyone you're getting on just it's great and i'm glad i got to meet you in person over at chase center
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping whenever I come back to the Bay, I get to see you again and, and meet more people. So thank you so Absolutely. much for being on. I really normally I'm like, I'm plugging my guests and I'm saying what they do and talk it, but everyone knows you grant. So like, oh, I'm not that. sure if there's anything I, you want me to tell them, but no. you guys tune into, you know, tune yeah. into grant, follow him. Yeah. I can't imagine there's anyone who is listening to me who doesn't already i appreciate that so thank you again for being on and And go dubs
0: next year absolutely why not let's do this
1: go dubs dubs in five all right guys until next time we're out